This is a warning, sugar. You're about to listen to the masters of the obvious. But I'm going to keep it real with you, my sweet babies. These mamas ain't masters of shit. It's just two stone-cold foxes and their feminist agenda. But if you dig sexy things like interviews down by the fireplace, talking nerdy and little double entendre, keep on keeping on, because they're about to lay it on you. Right on. Greetings, my creatures of the night, and welcome to the 12th episode of Masters of the Obvious. I'm Count Kirsten Bolzio. And I'm Cynthia Rose. On this halloween episode, Kirsten and I discuss nerd news, new comic releases, and things that are truly scary. The election, the Snyder Cut, and sexist standards in Hollywood. <laughs> we also play a horror trivia game with our friend, tattoo artist, Francine Walraven. But first, we'd like to remind you to go to mastersoftheobvious.com. We have a ton of merch for sale. And if you'd like to support this pod by taking advantage of free shipping in the U.S., well, we really appreciate you. And hey, if Pennywise had you in that sewer, I'd have climbed in immediately. (laughs) And you can check out our shop and show your support at mastersoftheobvious.com. So Kirsten, what have you been up to? That's a good question. (laughs) I did get out of the house momentarily, very COVID safe with my friend. And we watch SLC Punk. Oh, cute. And Ghost World, both on VHS. It's honestly the most refined way to watch cinema. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Did you vote? I, I, you know, I, I pulled out my ballot to show the kids and really get them excited for their civic responsibilities in the future. I literally broke it all down. I felt like a mansplainer. I'm like, and this is for that. And this is for that. And they're like, mm-hmm, can we leave now? And I'm like, no. <laughs> well, I voted in person and I still like, I feel like this last, this past week, I've just been under so much anxiety because like, it's just so eminent, you know, and it's freaking me out. We should really start discussing um, some self-care for election day, election night, I guess, too, because that's going to be something. Jesus, yes, that's going to be so fucking... We should give you free weed for voting. (laughs) (laughs) Just to prepare. Just, uh, you know, here's a sticker and a Valium. Have a nice day. (laughs) See you in January. Here's a sticker and a lobotomy. Have fun. (laughs) Break break in case of Trump getting reelected. It's been rough because I like sort of afraid. I don't know. It's like I've voted a lot at this point. I'm an old lady. I've voted in quite Mm -hmm. a few elections. And it's always, yeah, this guy's fine. I'll vote for him. Like, whatever. I'm like, my guy's still fine. Like, whatever. It's another whatever. But it's now Mm -hmm. I'm like scared. Like, my guy's not going to win. And I'm going to be trapped in a fucking abusive relationship with America. That's a great way to put it. Like I said, I've been through a lot of elections. I just think we need to make presidential elections not scary again. Hmm. May I propose something? Mm. If we get another four years of Trump, I would like them to release the Joe Biden cut. (laughs) Like what would have happened? Actually release the Bernie cut. Um, that, That sounds nice. You know what? Since we're talking about this, can I just bring something up? How disgusting is it that in parts of America, hugging your son is seen as so wrong that it's being used as a political device against a candidate? I feel like if you're going to hug your son, you should scream not gay (laughs) before and after. No homo! (laughs) It's interesting to me that the picture that of Hunter and and Joe is being like touted around the internet like it's disgusting. But there has been video of Trump... Someone asked him what he had in common with his daughter. And, and he was like, well, I would say sex, but, you know, she's my daughter. Wah, wah, qua, qua. Uh, <laughs> and besides, you know, I would date her and, her and talking about her body endlessly. But like fatherly love for a male child is gross. He's also the last person I'd want to be a mall Santa. Speaking of Trump, though, well, since we're since they're on the subject, how funny is it that his Twitter got hacked? What was his password? Like MAGA 2020 or something? Like it was MAGA so... MAGA 2020, but with an exclamation mark. At least you put a character in there. It might as well have just been password. Like, uh, right? One, two, three, four. <laughs> he is, what is it? The president from fucking Spaceballs. 
the president when the last Borat movie came out which was Bush. And we thought that that was the worst thing that could possibly happen. Right. I do love that he didn't really seem pressured to make a movie during the Obama presidency. To be fair, there was bad shit going on during the Obama presidency, too. And it's like he went away, like he did Bruno and he exposed, you know, homophobia and things like that. Right. Yeah. Let's just talk about Borat, too, because that was a very interesting journey. Yeah. What were your, some of your favorite moments? Let's just say I wasn't particularly excited going into it. it the satire is not lost on me. I feel like it's lost on a lot of people who uh, want to scream that it's this or that. But it's very obviously meant to point out how casually racist our country is, how backwards and basically to make a fool out of the right people and celebrate the right people. You know, it's so ironic that it's like my shithole country going to America, which is... <laughs> The real shithole country. <laughs> I didn't even think I was going to watch it. Until the news broke about Giuliani. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was brilliant. It, you know, I, I saw people defending that, by the way. Um, like, we, we should see the full footage. And like, and maybe it was edited in a way that was more damning, but there really isn't anything okay with, in a professional setting, with a journalist going into a room, drinking, doing any of that. Let's just say this. I did watch it and I went, okay. If I was looking at it with certain eyes, I could think it was pretty tame. However, when you think of it in the context of she got that job, she was not a she's not a well-known news person. She got it based solely on the fact that she was a young woman. She was 15 and she was doing it. Not so like, in real life, but probably presented in that way. Yeah. Presented that way. So it's not like he didn't know. And so he's going to go have a drink with a 15 year old. First of all. Second of all, sure, he could have been tucking in his shirt. But guess what? I really what it looked like to me was like, who knows what would have happened? Because it seemed like Sasha ran the fuck in there when he started to put his hand down his pants. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, it was super uncomfortable. Like the defense that I heard was like, oh, if a young woman, a young hot woman was hitting on me and I was that age, I would totally go for it. I'm like, uh, I hope you wouldn't. <laughs> Because that's really fucking gross. The defense is, I'm disgusting. That's the defense. Uh, even And even if she was of age, it's still completely unprofessional. I gotta say, though, my favorite line from the movie is when Borat, oh my God, in disguise, tells Rudy, says to Rudy, to his face, that he's better off sticking uh, to marrying his cousins. <laughs> I think if we were going to be on brand with the podcast, I think the our the podcast favorite moment was don't mansplain me. Also, I I just there's so many just funny throwaway moments like just him hold seemingly holding the door open for his daughter and then yelling me first and running at me first. <laughs> <laughs> and the the cake part like oh, chef's kiss. Oh no, the oh god, the whole cake shop part. That whole cake shop part, you know that cake shop would not have baked a gay cake. But I said the exact same thing when I was watching it. I feel like that was the overarching narrative there that these people will do that, but they won't do this. Like it was intense. It's hard because I feel like I was so tense watching it too, just knowing that that's the reality of our country that I don't think I had any belly laughs. In retrospect, yes, it is funny, but it was it's kind of stressful. I will be honest. Yeah. I mean, I feel the same way about that movie. Like I, I do about watching jump scares. Like it was just like, oh God, what's going to happen next? Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. But let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I watched a few other things. I watched a few other spooky things. I watched, I finished the entire season of Hellstrom. I'm so sorry. Why did I do that to myself? I can't tell you how many times I screamed at the screen. Like what? No, the fuck. God, why? So many times. And I still stuck with it for 10 episodes. I really, I think that is proof positive that I I, I don't like myself. I swear, if you don't chase that show with Doom Patrol, I'm going to quit the podcast. I'll try and find a way to watch Doom Patrol. But Hellstrom was so bad. It literally went from bad to worse. Actually, if, if anyone out there likes Hellstrom, please um, DM us on Instagram or email us at hello at mastersoftheobvious.com and give us a defense for it. <laughs> I would love to see it. You can't defend that. You can't. I'm sorry. I challenge you to fucking defend that. That's like that. defending Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> Good it luck. really fucking bad. <laughs> I also watched Girl on the Third Floor, which is a... I don't know if I know that one. A horror movie starring CM Punk. I wonder why you would watch that. Who knows? It was it was like a I guess the genre would be like a haunted house movie. It exceeded my expectations. Steve Albini did the score. Mm. So I just want to say 
that it's gray sweatpants season. Everyone knows that. And my man, my man dons the seasonal wears. He wears the gray sweatpants. <laughs> no, I mean, that's like lingerie to women. I mean, he did it, man. He wore them. Wait, can we explain to, to any ding dong out there, pun intended, who doesn't understand the sweatpants? No, they can Google it. No, I'm going to tell you, we can see the outline of your dick. Also, depending on the sweatpants, it really does hug the, the booty as well. This movie convinced me beyond a shadow of a doubt that I think there should be an Evil Dead remake and CM Punk should star in it. He should be Ash. Oh, my God. I want to be his roommate. You're, oh, just his roommate? Yeah, yeah, just his roommate. We've got some unfortunate news to bring to you. So Joe Maginello, we got like a, a little Easter egg at the end of everyone's favorite movie, Justice League. It was Deathstroke. It was on Lex Luthor's yacht, right? And maybe it's because I'm more of a Marvel fan than a DC fan, but he always seemed like the less fun Deadpool. Yeah. Like I, I always say stuff like, oh, the Submariner is like the, the sad ripoff of... Aquaman and like I fucking know Submariner came first doesn't make it more interesting that Spock looking motherfucker I don't fucking care so like that's cool we're about we're gonna get him in the Snyder cut I guess that's something to look forward to but what's not to look forward to is drum roll please Jared Leto as the Joker I just want to say one thing about this when your cast list reads Ben Affleck Amber Heard and Jared Leto why is anybody excited for this I have very complicated feelings about Amber Heard. I, I mean, obviously, Jared Leto being number one on my shit list. Again, I'm I, just to reiterate, in case you missed our other episodes on the Zack Snyder hate podcast, I don't know why anyone's expectations are high about this. Just shit movies. And, and to cram Leto back down our throats after Suicide Squad, like... After getting cut out of Suicide Squad for the most part, like, obviously, no one thought that was a good idea. Even the filmmakers... Absolutely not. They're like 10 minutes tops. I mean, they were even slated to have like a Harley Joker movie and that got shit canned because he's such a bad Joker. Who really wants to see them together? I feel like if you want to see them together, I don't want to be your friend. I mean, I don't mind an origin story. I think it's interesting. I don't, I, I, just not with that Joker. It, it's almost as done as... Batman? Yeah, Batman. Yet we keep getting it. Finally, a Batman movie. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, wait, Joker? Never heard of him. What? Who's that? So in bittersweet news, we all know that Grant Imahara from Mythbusters passed away three months ago, but... Is he back? Did they bring him back in a robotic form? I wish. Yeah, he's on um, Doom Patrol. Nice. A show for robots. But yeah, it was it was really heartbreaking, especially running in the community that I did. So many people knew him and only had a, amazing things to say about him. And so it was really sad that at the age of 49, he would pass away. So his family and friends have established the Grant Imahara Steam Foundation, which is a nonprofit. And it's it is specifically for underserved youth to pursue science, technology, engineering, art and math. And it just warms my my heart. You know, I think that we haven't talked about Batman enough. Oh, my God. Can you explain to me who that is? Who the fuck is I, Batman? I honestly never heard of him. Never saw a movie. Uh, no one ever discusses him. Don't know her. Mm -mm. So let's be let's be the pioneers and talk about Batman. OK, it's official. Oh, Cynthia. Okay. it's official. Batman endorses Joe Biden. Well, Batman meaning Michael Keaton. The best Batman. But can we... I, I, I can't not quote Michael Please Keaton quote here. Michael Keaton, my favorite Batman. He said, you can act like you don't want to listen to me and I wouldn't blame you. But let's be honest, I'm freaking Batman. Aww. No, I love it. And along those lines, um, Eric Kripke, the creator of Supernatural, mm. and of course works for the boys now, popped online between the end of the presidential debate and the West Coast airing of Supernatural. And he said that Sam and Dean Winchester would be riding for Biden. And I find this really amusing because the Supernatural fandom is wild. It's the Wild West. And for the most part, it's very good. But I saw a lot of debate back and forth like, oh, but Dean is so, you know, disenchanted with the world and wouldn't vote or would vote third party. And he loves guns. And oh, and he he wants fossil fuels for his car and all this bullshit. But at the end of the day in the show, you see over and over again, both Sam and Dean, you know, care for the LGBTQ community and they f literally fight evil. And who's fucking evil? Trump. <laughs> to top this off, though, which I found 
so enjoyable. Fan favorite Misha Collins, who plays Castiel, who's an, an angel. He actually tweeted at the creator and he goes, hey, Eric, I know you haven't worked on the show for a while, but technically Sam and Dean have been fugitives or illegally dead since season three. Either way, if they vote, it would be fraud. <laughs> He's like, but they do fight for the first of the good. So Joe Biden would be on their side. So tell me what's new and exciting over on Netflix, kids. Well, we got Over the Moon, which was cute. And my son is Over the Moon about. We watched it. That was cute. I did. Wow. I was not Over the Moon about it. but You weren't? No, I thought, hey, this is something that I'm going to watch with him and I'm really going to like. And I might be alone in this and I probably am. But it was like sappy and sing-songy and I lost interest pretty quick. I think maybe you're hardened and you need to open your heart. Okay, Madonna. But it, it, the way that I saw it described sounds like a classic Disney movie where like, oh, of course, a parent has to die. I just did not know it was going to be a musical, I think. I think and I thought it was going to be more about space. Like I was like, oh, Max, I went in totally blind. I was like, Max wants to watch this. It's about space. And then I got something totally different. So so thumbs up for children. Thumbs down for you. But I'm uh, an idiot. If you have a if yeah. you have heart and feelings, I'm you might like yeah. it. If you like musicals and you have feelings, don't listen to me. I also, speaking of kids, my kids are obsessed with Among Us. And I know we mentioned it last podcast that AOC did a Twitch stream, but I didn't realize that seven hundred thousand people turned yeah. up for it. So our favorite subject lately is the dragging of one Chris Pratt. I wouldn't necessarily say it's our favorite subject because it's not a fun I wouldn't even say we're dragging him. We are just stating the facts. Yeah. I mean, essentially, if you're not caught up and live under a rock, which in that case, show me where I would love to join you. I want to live under the rock. (laughs) Please. I would love to live under Dwayne (laughs) The Rock Johnson. Yeah. So if you're not caught up, Chris Pratt has stated that he is not political yet follows some really suspect things, including Turning Point USA, Ben Shapiro, and the, the list just goes on. And it's upsetting because for a lot of reasons, a lot of these people promote you know, racism, sexism, xenophobia, homophobia. His, his church also has uh, a history of being homophobic. And this is, of course, on the coattails of a very controversial relationship, which I don't usually want to comment on, but this is particularly heinous because Anna Ferris and him split up following her not being able to have another child after a really hard childbirth. And I think even adoption was on the table and he was upset about that. So a little heinous to leave your wife for that, especially out of something that she can't really control and then immediately jump into a, a marriage and another child. That's not even it though. We cannot discount the fact that he sexually harassed Aubrey Plaza on the in the workplace. Yes. So there's a laundry list basically of bullshit that he's done. The fact of the matter is, is that nobody came for Chris Pratt. The inner the Twitter Twitter just played a fucking glorified game of Mary Fuck Kill, and he got upset. Depending on the circles you run in on the internet, I don't know how you're running in circles on the internet, but then depending on what you're, you know, consuming on the internet, it's not a, you know, a secret that he's a bad guy. And like a lot of this information has been out there. The worst possible thing to happen after like a silly popularity poll of Chris's is to have his co-stars run to his defense, like just rally for him for, for, for what? what? Because people don't like him. We don't have to like, what the fuck? I can't. There's a laundry list. There's a laundry list of people who have gotten shit from the MCU and from Star Wars and from all these fucking different fandoms that little, the little that these mermaid. people have not <laughs> run to the defense of. Where were they for Brie? Exactly. Where were they for, for Zendaya? But John, John Boyega, uh, Kelly Marie Tran. Like where people mm-hmm. who are actually getting dragged. They also... Uh, sat idly by when Anthony Mackie was getting shit for being the next Captain America. But what I found really interesting that I wasn't aware of when Brie was being harassed, the only two people that spoke up for her were Don Cheadle and Chadwick Boseman. Um, Obviously, Chadwick Boseman can't comment on the Chris Pratt situation, but uh, it is interesting <laughs> that Don Cheadle hasn't spoken up to defend Chris Pratt and everyone who has has been predominantly white cis men who just did nothing aside from Saldana, which 
I mean, I guess it makes sense because I saw I've seen a lot of close ranking within the Guardians of the Galaxy cast. They definitely close ranked um, when James Gunn was fired. It was kind of disappointing to me as someone who does like James Gunn to see him also defend Chris Pratt. But I guess that's his, you know, his moneymaker. So this is not going to stop anyone from seeing Guardians of the Galaxy. This is not going to stop people from seeing Chris Pratt movies. But also, what are you standing for here? Like. You're saying it's anti-bullying, but like, don't you think people should be accountable for shitty beliefs and shitty behavior? Or how about this? There's nothing to comment on. People are people played a fucking Internet game and you lost. Like, why? Why? What's the point? It's also funny, too, regarding James Gunn, that uh, he is very vocally anti-Trump. If he was going to be around people, he would want people who are actively anti-Trump. And that's not really the case here. So it's interesting how his morals will bend when money is involved. Yes and no. Like, I guess you could be like, hey, your political beliefs don't dictate how I work with you. And some people have that stance and that's whatever. But again, nothing happened to Chris Pratt. Nothing happened to Chris Pratt. There was no reason to come to his defense. No. I guess that's that's the mic drop moment. It was all like, and why do we fucking care at this point? <laughs> like, why don't we save this energy for people who are actually being harassed? For existing, not for actually doing anything? Yeah, people who actually are disenfranchised and marginalized. Not, don't come to the defense of some fucking cis white guy. Like, I don't know if you knew it, but cis, cis straight white men are the most targeted group. Hey, you know what? You know what? In the you world. know what? That's why he wore the Don't Tread on Me shirt. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Someone's got to stand up for men. I've got some news. (laughs) Deadline reported that Tim Burton is shopping around a new Adams Family series, which actually I didn't realize that would be his first ever TV project. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. I guess he's he's on for executive producer and he might even direct all the episodes. I find it interesting that he's got Alfred Go and Miles Miller. If I don't know if you ever watched Smallville, but No, I did not watch Smallville. <laughs> they were the writers and showrunners for that. Okay. Um which which kind of puts my expectations in a weird place. Okay. I mean, you also have to take into context Tim's new work. So my expectations are sort of low to begin with. I mean, Smallville, uh, you've seen Supergirl. It's very much in that vein. So I like Supergirl. Supergirl is (laughs) better. I'll be real. I if I were to pick somebody for the show, I would have liked to see someone like Guillermo. Oh, Del Toro. As opposed to Tim Burton or. Yeah, Hmm. I feel like it depends on the direction you want to go with it. It would be interesting to see, We, you know, obviously the Adam Sandler movies are very shicky and campy. But what if you did like a Sabrina type thing with it where you had like that really comical first TV series and then you moved on to do something a little bit darker? And that could be the Guillermo del Toro version. That would be really cool. I never even thought of that. But I guess it does kind of uh, limit your audience. Yeah, and if you're, if you're going to stick with the campy and the weird, who better than Tim Burton? Uh, no! A lot of people actually... <laughs> I live in the year 1990. So who better than Tim Burton? Okay. All right. I'll give you that. So we're going to do a fan cast. We're going to cast. Are you, are we going to break it down into who we think is going to be? I think if we have an idea if we're going to, yes. But I think that I've got actually multiple people that I would be okay with. So we just go back and Um, forth. You say you're Gomez. I say Mike. Yeah. Well, I mean, since it's Tim Burton, this isn't who I would want to see. But I feel like he's going to get Depp or someone similar in for Gomez. You think Depp would do another TV show? How long has it been since he's on a TV show? 21 Jump Street? I don't know. Damn. Yeah. I mean, but it also would be whitewashing Gomez's character. Yeah, I would be so disappointed in that. If he were to whitewash Mm -hmm. Gomez, I think it'd be funny. (laughs) I have a couple stupid options. Okay. Nick Offerman, because we know he grows a good mustache. A bit old, but okay. (laughs) And have you ever seen Nick Offerman with his wife? Yes. It's basically Gomez and Morticia. If we were to go sexy white guy, John Hamm. (laughs) Okay. As Gomez. Because like, and then he could redeem himself from Mad Men where he was such a misogynist and then he could be a I feel like he redeemed himself from Mad Men when he did Bridesmaids. He was great in Bridesmaids. My serious one is something the internet has already spoken Mm -hmm. about. Oscar Isaac. I also have Oscar Isaac down, but my problem with Oscar Isaac is he just played Gomez in the animated movie. Doesn't I don't that know. just give him more credibility? I don't like it. He already played Gomez. Like, I, I don't I don't feel like Actually, he's... Actually, Pedro Pascal would be kind of fun as Gomez, too. I went for Diego Luna. 
Ooh, okay. Well, we're just yeah. really just pulling right out of the Star Wars universe. It's got to be a Star Wars guy. I, I mean, give, for- give credit to Star Wars for being so diverse that we we could pull so many amazing actors. You know, I also had his buddy. Um, sorry, I've got to look up his name. Um, what about John Leguizamo? <laughs> John Leguizamo. I also had Gail Garcia Bernal down. Where is he from? Uh, oh, gosh. Um, oh, Science of Sleep. Oh, I haven't seen that. Oh, uh, Motorcycle Diaries. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got you. I'm saying that it's one of the Star Wars guys. It's got to be. It's got to be. Oscar. Oscar's well, an obvious probably. choice, but he's already done it. So I'm my my votes for Diego Luna. Okay. I like it. Do you want to give me your mortician? Oh, sure. I think it's going to be Eva Green. I think that's yeah, a very easy casting for Tim. I don't think that he's going to have a problem with that. I think the obvious choice is Christina Ricci. Oh, we... How cute would that be? Obvious choice. So cute. I want you to hear out my choice. Are you ready? Megan Fox. Cute. We like a redemption arc. We love a redemption and, arc. Like physically, like she's spooky. She she's, she's beautiful. Got, she can do comedy. Did you see her on New Girl? Like she's yeah. I think she's a good choice. I really, really like that. I actually like it better than who I ultimately went with. And I actually put Zoe Kravitz on there because I think she would do a really good job. The bone structure alone qualifies mm-hmm. Zoe Kravitz, but I actually put down if we're talking about comedy, Aubrey Plaza. Whoa. Is she sexy enough? Like, I think I think she is. Like, okay, okay. Remember her secret agent character in, <laughs> <laughs> in Parks and Rec. I just I don't know if I want to hear her speaking French seductively to Gomez. Like, it, yeah. But you know, also Aubrey Plaza is Cuban. So okay. I also had um, for a hot minute I had Rose Byrne on there, and then I saw who she's in, who's her boyfriend, and I thought them together might be kind of cute. But then I just kind of scrapped the whole thing. I don't hate that. Yeah, but we will get, but we could just have John Hammers go back. So we're gonna have a bridesmaid reunion. Oh, I'm gonna tell you who I have for Wednesday. Yeah, I think the most popular young actress right now would be Millie Bobby Brown. I feel like she's a little old. I do think she's too old too. Maybe if we caught her at the beginning of Stranger Things. Yeah, but I think that McKenna Grace would make a good Wednesday. I have McKenna on my list as well. You have McKenna too. But I feel like it's going to take a lot to spook her up because she's so sweet looking, you know? I She's a really good actress. Well, she was also in... Um, Ghostbusters? Hill House. Hmm. So I don't see why she couldn't make a transition to something else spooky. Okay. Do you want to know who my first choice is? Who? Julia Butters. Do you know who Julia Butters is? I do know who Julia Butters is. <laughs> From Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. I feel like I feel like she could kill it. I would easily cast my eldest kid. Aww. <laughs> as Wednesday. They've got the bad attitude down. <laughs> um, I had a really hard time casting Pugsley. Yeah? I, did. I love my Pugsley. I think my Pugsley is if he doesn't get it, I'm gonna be so upset. Who is it? <laughs> I did Archie Yates from Jojo Rabbit. <gasps> Shut up. That's perfect. The little, his little fat friend. My um, casting was lazy because he's too old now, but the kid from Modern Family, Rico Rodriguez. Yeah, I wish. I wish he was. If you're going to go that route, you could do the kid from Deadpool too as well. Yeah. But I love Archie Yates as, as Pugsley. I love it so, so much. That's really cute. I have so many Uncle Festers. I have so I'm sure you many. do. <laughs> I don't think you're going to like mine. <laughs> oh, no. If Tim Burton went into his wet dream bag, he would get Danny DeVito on as Fester. <laughs> sorry. I also went... I, I, I <laughs> Sorry, I really... I love that idea. <laughs> sorry. I just picturing Danny DeVito with a light bulb in his mouth and it really got me. All right. <laughs> just so good. Instead of an egg in that trying time, just a oh. light bulb. So good. Is that is that your your one and only no, choice? No, I think that's. I mean, I like the I, I like it, and I think that Tim Burton. But I don't know if you could get Danny Allen, and if maybe Always Sunny is too much. Juggling the two of them. I also have David Cochter. He played the sports anchor in Anchorman. Oh, <laughs> he's also done um, The Office and a couple other things. Okay, okay. Already bald, easy. And then I have kind of a a wild card. Okay, because I have seen him in other things. And I thought he was good. Josh mm-hmm. Gad. Oh, yeah. Easily Josh Gad. I hate because like it's so hard for him to strike out on his own after doing Olaf. Is that is that your list? 
Yeah. Okay. I will take your Josh Gad and I will raise you his doppelganger, the guy who played Guillermo in What We Do in the Shadows. Oh my God. What a great actor. I love that. God wouldn't. And getting a, that would be it's fucking Gomez's brother. Like, why would you cast a he white ha- guy? Why would he be white? Exactly. Yeah. But if we were going to go white, I also have Patton Oswald. No, I like Patton Oswald too. Here's the thing. I have seen online uh, two different um, suggestions. One, Stanley Tucci. How dare you? No. Stupid. No. No. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe for the sexy version. Actually, on Twitter, the grandson of the original Fester is vying for the job. And he's worked with Tim Burton in the past. So I think that would be adorable. But Aww. I am all for Harvey from What We Do in the Shadows. I really feel like that's just, oh, God, I want that. That's, I think that's great. I really like that. Gimme I, I mean, Danny DeVito. <laughs> oh, man. I would not be disappointed. I'm never disappointed to see Danny DeVito. I am absolutely never disappointed. So Lurch is an interesting one. For me, the obvious one is Doug Jones. Doug Jones is the obvious, the obvious one. one. Obviously, is Doug Jones. I almost want to see like a fake reel of like people audition, tall actors auditioning more like Army Hammer and Conan O'Brien. And I just want to see a bunch of <laughs> auditioning for Lurch. Like, I just want to see this. No, I actually like Conan O'Brien as Lurch. Conan, you do? How funny would it be to see Lurch do the string dance? Oh my God. I also have Sasha Baron Cohen on there because I just, I just want to see him and everything now that I just love Borat too. I have a sexy Lurch. Oh. Cillian Murphy. Okay. My sexy Lurch was Army Hammer. Okay. Yeah, yeah. My sexy Lurch actually is Conan O'Brien. <laughs> <laughs> I had such a crush on him in the 90s. Oof. I still do. Who does your grandmama? My grandmama... Okay, so if it's Tim Burton, it would be Helena Bonham Carter. But she's young. She's young. I mean, they can they can do stuff. You know, they can prosthetic her up. That's not I, hard. I think my ideal grandmama would be Frances Conroy from American Horror Story. Okay. I went with Angelica Houston if we're going with Christina Ricci. Ooh, a legacy cast. Debbie? She's not part of the cast. She could be. She might as well be. Joan Cusack is a fucking... She's not part of the cast. But she's delightful. I Okay, but can we just say that Debbie should be played by Kate McKinnon? Sure, I always want Kate McKinnon. Yeah, for anything. I'm going to take a moment to talk about DC's future state. And of course, this pertains to the comics. It's following the events of Death Metal. And it's going to start in 2021, the beginning, January through March. I find this really interesting because for a while there, we didn't know if 5G was going to happen. And it seems like this is a direction that they're taking. It's fascinating to me because of so many layoffs with DC and then there's distributing issues. So they really have to go hard to get, I think, their money back (laughs) and the interest there. So let's just do a quick breakdown of the multiverse that they're going to be giving us. It's basically broken down to Batman family um, and Gotham City. It's going to be controlled by the Magic and it's taking control of the entire city and the mass vigilantes have been outlawed and Batman has been killed. I love when they kill their money makers. Yes. I loved when they killed Superman. I know people fucking hated the death of Superman, but boy, was that a wild ride. So we've got some new guardians of Gotham rising up and I'm excited to see that. And there's a lot of speculation. They haven't really talked about who's going to take up the mantle, but the, the Bat family is a fucking soap opera. So I'm excited for whatever happens. And then we've got the super band family and <laughs> Clark Kent um, gets rejected by Earth, causing him to focus on his life-saving efforts outside his adopted home. So he travels to War World. This is just something else. I don't know if I like this. I'm not the biggest fan when they travel to other planets, but whatever. So he's going to do a whole thing on other planets. And then in Metropolis, Clark's son, John, is going to take the mantle of Superman. <laughs> It's going to be such a mind fuck. I can't. And then who I'm most excited for is, of course, Wonder Woman. And the Amazon rainforest, the Brazilian Yara Flor is chosen to be the new Wonder Woman. And of course, years later, years later, the new Superman and Wonder Woman will join forces to save their cities and a new team up, which is, of course, Justice League family. A lot of things are changing in the Justice League. There's just, there's a lot going on. I don't know. I'm not, maybe it's Zack Snyder, but I just don't want to hear about Justice League. 
but we're going to get the four writers of the apocalypse and we like to see them unleash all hell on the Titans Academy. And Barry Allen gets cut off from the Speed Force. Billy Batson makes a deal with the devil that will change Shazam forever. Off-world John Stewart, not the John Stewart that Cynthia likes, unfortunately, but the John Stewart of the Green Lantern. All the Green Lanterns are stranded on in the shadow of a dead power battery. And a la John Stewart, I'm going to I'm going to read this high. Have you read, read it? High? You got to. It's it's really something. You get, I I am so excited to see how this unfolds. But what I find the most interesting is that at the end of time, Swamp Thing reveals its true intention, which is ruling supreme until a remnant of humanity launches into rebellion. And Black Adam looks to the past as the only way to save the future of the multiverse. Jesus. <laughs> There's just so much to unpack and like, I just like, I'm giggling and sweating reading it, but I, they are on to, to a couple of things. It's going to be interesting. The fact that it's a limited event could be good and could be bad. I, I don't want to get too attached to these characters if it's good, but while we're talking about comics, I'm going to give you some favorites that are being released this Wednesday. Which is today. Which is today. We got to pretend like <laughs> we're living in the future. We have Angel and Spike number 15, Absolute Swamp Thing, which is by Alan Moore. $99 for this, Cynthia. Are you going to shell out $99 for Absolute Swamp Thing? Uh, that's a hard pass. <laughs> Batgirl number 50. Uh, Wonder Woman 765, Betty Page Unbound, number one, trade back. Red Sonia and Vampirella meet Betty and Veronica, number one, trade back. Chu CHU, number four. Sex Criminals, number 69. Math Fraction getting sexy. I like that they've never mentioned Sex Criminals on air until it was number 69. Was that intentional? Yes. <laughs> Black Widow Sting, number one. Ironheart, Meant to Fly, number one. Trade Back. And She-Hulk Omnibus, which is also $100. I would shell out for She-Hulk. It's a $1 more than Swamp Thing. Yeah. And boy, is it worth it. Boy. That's my comics list, Cynthia. I love it. Masters of the Obvious is brought to you by Little Shop of Gore. Cynthia, how much do we love this store? We love this store and it's perfect for the Halloween season. I mean, for us, it's perfect all year round. But I will say that I'm obsessed with all of their Beetlejuice stuff. They have the cutest Lydia mug. I'm dying. Ugh. I'm an old lady who loves her coffee and I'm obsessed with this Lydia mug. I don't think there's a single thing in their very large catalog of products that I don't like. And I'm saying that genuinely. Let's talk about the children of the Elote shirt. <laughs> they, they didn't have to go this hard but they did <laughs> didn't have to go this hard follow little shop of gore on instagram at little shop of gore and go to their website little shop and plug in the code moto m-o-t-o at checkout photo about it is spooky 13 percent off the entire purchase yeah tell them masters of the obvious sent you hey cynthia hey what i'm like way excited can you guess Holy why shit. i'm sure you're gonna fucking tell me i'm gonna fucking tell you because i am one bottle deep into cialis <laughs> and i've got our dear friend francine Walraven on well, the show she's an artist yeah a fartist well a skank across the lake yeah and uh-huh dumb enough to be on our show right <laughs> we got a bit prepared for her all right. Uh, hi, Francine. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. I probably shouldn't leave with that. That's not my real voice. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hi. Thanks for having me. So we have a what's the what's the bit called? What are we doing? Oh, yeah. It's called Horrors in This House. There's some horrors in this house. It's true. We're going to quiz our dear friend Francine with audio bits from famous scary movies oh yay i didn't know that this was happening i'm so excited she didn't even know she was gonna be here i just pulled her off the street i just happened to stumble <laughs> off the mean streets of haiku should i pop off give it to me you delicious slice of lemon <laughs> all right first she's sour then she's sweet what's going on out here call the police tell the sheriff i shot him 
He's still on the loose. Is this some kind of joke? I've been trick-or-treated to death tonight. You don't know what death is. <laughs> it's probably something I don't really like to... Is it like ha- Halloween 2? You were right. Oh, oh hey! <laughs> There's some horrors in this house. There's some horrors in this house. I actually don't like Halloween franchise at all. So I'm good for you. Yay, you got I it. feel like yeah. a winner. Oh, would I win? You're the all next right. question. Oh, okay, damn it. We got <laughs> number two. Come it right at your earballs. Earballs. They finally dropped. By the way, that <laughs> checked out. All right. <laughs> Oh my! Yeah. That, was that the hitchhiker scene in uh, Creepshow Deuce? Yes. Yeah. All right. Look at me. She's a right lady. In this house. I say that to everyone who drops me off at home. By the way, me too. Oh, thanks for that, lady. I love it. And then it's uh, especially funny if they're not a lady. Yeah. And even more funny if they've never seen the movie before. It's the best. It's the best. Look, how do I know you? Why are you? Why are you in my car? <laughs> Number three. Ooh, I mean, who doesn't kick ass for the Lord? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, so uh, I would say Dead Alive because I watched that movie so many times. I actually named my son after the main character in that movie. Aww. Yeah, right, wow. Right now. We're on number four already, huh? Okay. Yeah. She's four for four. Oh, shoes. Oh, shoes. <laughs> I, I feel like um, she gets voted off the island if she gets this one wrong. Oh, shoot. No pressure. Where am I going to go? <laughs> <laughs> All right, you ready? Yes. Go. No. Oh, that's so sad. It's all, that's like the ancient burial, right? So in the poltergeist, the first one. Poltergeist. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Sorry, I was <laughs> got it. Going back in time and reliving it. All right, you ready? Oh, can I, I? I know which. I don't know which part of the franchise that one is, but it sounded like it was one of the Hellraisers because that sounded like Pinhead's sexy voice. I believe it's the first one. Okay, I'll, I'll do that. Which is. A really sexy one. Wow, five. The naked uncle in the attic? Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Clive Barker, you don't disappoint. Reminds me of my childhood. Oh, take that All right. screen, uncle. Five for five. What? Okay, number six. There's no more room in hell. The dead will walk here. I want to say that it's it's got to be one of the living dead ones, but I don't think it's the first one. That doesn't feel right. Is it Day of the Dead? No. No, it wasn't Night of the Living Dead, right? Because that, I'll give you one more guess. Day of the Dead or Dawn of the Dead? Day of the Dawn of the Son of the Bride and the Mother of the <laughs> Uncle. <laughs> the uncle. Part two. The Uncle Who's Naked in the Attic. <laughs> Part two. Is it possibly Dawn of the Dead? Oh! oh smart <laughs> she wins she wins prize money right out of cynthia's pocket oh shit i don't have pockets that was your breast pocket <laughs> <laughs> is it your back pocket <laughs> please all right this one should be fairly easy as all well right. for number seven all right sweet babies she just goes a little mad sometimes we all go a little mad sometimes Oh, poor little Mormon Bates. That's that's psycho. Hey, that psycho. I, oh, you're just being too nice to me right now. <laughs> I'm being super nice. There are, people are going to think you're a genius. Oh, I <laughs> hope so. Somebody needs to think I'm a genius because I certainly don't. Oh. All, right. Oh. All right, ready? Number eight. Hey. I said, don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos or create blood. Oh my gosh, I have no idea. I have no idea. Not the joy. Movies don't make psychos. Psychos make good podcasts. Is that what I heard? <laughs> that's, no? I think that's what it was. <laughs> to be fair, I picked not the most famous line from this movie. Okay. Scream. Oh, really? Shoot. I was just totally talking shit about Scream earlier. I feel like all millennials really love Scream. Like it's like the best movie ever. And I think it's just because their parents failed at actually showing them actual horror movies before they were oh. like teens. So I missed one. Do I get spanked now? <laughs> She's going to miss Ooh. them all. Don't say that. <laughs> Don't say Tell yes. me what the consequences are so I know. Uh, Stop giving her positive affirmations. She won't do it. Okay, yeah. ready? 
fuck was that? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It kind of sounded like there might the have words? been a chainsaw. No. I didn't hear any words. No you words. You did hear a chainsaw. I did hear a chainsaw. We'll do, it, it? We'll do, we'll do a different one then. Okay. Was it like Matthew McConaughey? Oh, I love chainsaw. Texas. I love that. Texas with the Renee Zellweger. I love that chainsaw. That was that was three, right? I believe that and was two three. was like the that radio DJ. Evil Dead, by the way. But um, I'll I'll do I'll do a different one. Yeah, I didn't hear. He said, "Who's laughing now?" Ah, I didn't yeah, hear I didn't that. Hear. It's hard to hear over the chainsaw. Okay, ready? Mm-hmm. It's hard to hear over the chainsaw. It's hard to hear over the chainsaw. All right, here we go. Oh my, um, that is, so that's the first Nightmare on Elm Street. It is. Yeah. All right. Oh, you guys, I feel like I'm going to get my doctorate in get horror movie <laughs> guessing clips. You're really good. Things. Um, yeah. There's no way you're going to get this one. Okay. No. I'm going to say that. And once you, if you do, I'll come over and thank you myself. Oh, well. Hawaii's I, open. Wait, if I get it wrong or if I get it right, hold on. What is that stake here? <laughs> I think either or. Okay. Here we go. The final one. From the beginning, it was Nessie who wanted me there. Nessie? You nicknamed my daughter after the Walkers monster? Oh, Jesus. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I know this one. If you know this one, I'm embarrassed that I know this one. Does that give you a clue? Oh, no. I mean, I feel like there's so many things to be. <laughs> it's a millennial and it's embarrassing. Okay. And it's it's quasi horror. Oh, those, okay. Those your, uh, so are- I would say maybe it's like Sharknado or something. <laughs> no, like actually, like I was, I'm proud that I've seen Sharknado. Okay. I'm not proud that I've seen this. All right. So you name my daughter Nessie after the Loch Ness Monster. Jeez. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. It's the very last Twilight movie. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that's what, yeah. <laughs> oh, come on, guys. Come on. Nessie, you named my, my daughter after the Loch Ness monster. monster. What? Uh, I don't remember uh, that at all. Yeah. I feel like I might have, like... How do you How do you forget that? It haunts me at night. I feel like there was so much shame attached with watching the movies that I probably just hit it all, and I probably need to go to therapy to kind of dig it all back up. Makes sense. Or watch the movies over yep. again, but that's probably not likely, to be honest. I should have guessed you guys would throw one of those movies in there and call it horror. That's so mean. It's like you intentionally don't want to come over here and spank me or something. I feel really like... Wait, you lost, so I have to now. Oh, I oh. thought if I won, I did. Wait, did I lose or did I win? I'm so confused right now. I don't know what's going on either. You got... Who am I? out of 10, though. That's remarkable. What did I, what did I miss again? I missed the Twilight one and then I missed. And you missed Scream. Scream. Oh yeah. Damn it. Do you want to talk about some of your favorite horror movies or anything that you want to um, recommend? Sure, sure. Uh, let's see. So I was doing the 31 Nights of uh, Horror Halloween or something challenge, which is cool because it gives you prompts of different types of movie genres to do. And you can kind of just put in whatever you want to watch. And uh, we've been trying to challenge uh, ourselves at the Wellraven house to watch something we haven't watched before. Though my husband watches a, f- a ton of horror, so he's pretty much seen everything. Uh, so for me, it's been like, go through and watch new stuff. Um, last night, we watched A La Carta, mm-hmm. which was gorgeous. Oh, that's it what Isaac recommended. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's so sad. I love sexy horror. Um, so like uh oh, if you like Suspiria, then you're gonna like yeah. Dracula Motherfucker. But I think it's very heavily inspired by Suspiria. Ooh, that's so I love I love both of those Suspirias. I I, I really like Dario Argento. I like uh the Giallo, you know, movies film. But we watched uh watched opera the other night, which was actually so frustrating to watch. It was gorgeous, but I mean the the women in the movies are feel so like helpless and it's frustrating to watch i don't know there's just something about it it just really rubbed me the wrong way although it was a fun story um and there was like a lot of like metal music like mm. 80s metal kind of inserted in it like it was really interesting like didn't that's really, exactly really what i think sense. of when i think of opera yeah it didn't make <laughs> any sense but uh, a lot of like the you know the kind of tortury uh horror stuff that's kind of hard to kind of ingest I, i'm not a big fan of that that genre but Mm-hmm. Um, although Giallo, I guess it's more of like a, what would you call like a procedural kind of thing? So anyway, sorry, uh, watching Dar- Daughters of Darkness. That's a super sexy horror movie. I recommend Ooh. it. Cool. It's, yeah. It's good. Have I you seen Love Witch? 
love Love Witch. I cosplayed uh, as Love Witch for um, my Comic Con last year. So I did good. the tea room um, outfit, and then I did her sexy red velvet dress. I don't know if hers was velvet, but mine was velvet, and it's Hawaii, so it was it was probably a poor choice, but I stand by it. My friend who also shot me and the kids did the promotional shots for The Love Witch. No ways. They're beautiful. So I follow Anna Biller on on Twitter and she's pretty fantastic. Like she always shares really good lists of movies to watch. And I I just like her brain. See, and then as far as like, I guess, other horror stuff, um, one little gem that I discovered recently that um, I kind of wish I would have known earlier because I would have felt like much cooler of a person is the movie Near Dark which is probably one of my new favorite um, vampire movies has Bill Paxton Ooh. in it. Um, it's what? like a cowboy vampire. Yeah. I'm, I'm nodding my head. I've seen a lot of, especially that era of, of horror because I've known Isaac for like 30 years. Yeah. So I've, oh, I bet it's going to be awesome. Isaac's such but, a but have you seen Hobo with a shotgun? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was the other really funny one? Uh, Jesus Christ, Vampire Slayer. I think so. You know, it's a movie that I meant to bring up on the Isaac podcast is one of my favorites, but I didn't. And now I feel bad about it is Vampiros Lesbos. Oh, yeah. That's oh, gorgeous. Amazing Dude, 60 soundtrack. Yeah, oh. that, that whole like genre of movies that came out, I think because like horror was new, like for the most part, like that mm-hmm. kind of elevating horror to like more like and art. And it's so it's awesome. And the yeah. all the publicity shots are so awesome. Everything about that. Do you know what the awesome. scariest movies are? What Mel Gibson ones? Oh, <laughs> Francie, thank you for being here. Oh, you guys. Um, do you want to tell our listeners where they can find you? Okay. Um, I have a handful of Instagram accounts that you can come and find me at. <laughs> so, uh, there. Uh, if you're on Maui, you want to come get tattooed, come see me at Pacific Roots Tattoo right now, and follow me at francine.wallraven.tattoo. Um, if you want to follow the art stuff that I do, which is Oh, a lot of commissions and weird stuff, uh, erotic artwork, that sort of stuff. And that is francine.waldraven.art. Yay! Yay. That's we did it! We did it! Thank you so much to our friend Francine Walraven. What a fucking delight. Also, special thanks to Dan Collins for our new intro. Check out our website, mastersoftheobvious.com, for new episodes, news, and merch our Instagram at Masters of the Obvious, Facebook at Masters of the Obvious, and Twitter at Masters of the O. And if you'd like to be a patron of our show, you can go to contribute.mastersoftheobvious.com. And if you'd like, we'll even mention you on the show. But if you want to remain anonymous, we understand. We don't want to be associated with us either. Please don't forget to leave a glowing review on Apple Podcasts and to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. Thank you for listening. And we love you. Like, a lot. And the thing about gray sweatpants is there is no gray area. It's very black and white. I am horny.